All right, Mario, you ready? Ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Street gospel, light of the temple. Sword swing, killer live from the ghetto. The hood messenger, let him know hell's close. Black burial, the devil in a black cloak. Street gospel, light of the temple. Sword swing, killer live from the ghetto. The hood messenger, let him know hell's close. Black burial, the devil in a black cloak. Yo, what is up? Welcome to the Street Gospel Podcast. I'm your host, Dave One. And this is episode number 28. I mean, getting up there now. We're getting up there now. I think we got a total of 32 episodes. So uh, definitely appreciate everybody um, subscribing. We got a lot of new subscribers checking us out on all the uh, podcast platforms, checking us out on YouTube at Street Gospel TV. So be sure to subscribe share uh get the word out for us i mean we really appreciate it one other thing too is i wanted to share if you're interested in being a sponsor of the show uh we're opening that up so email us uh, dm us let us know um we are opening up sponsorships for the show we we uh we can kind of do a you help us we'll help you kind of deal so uh definitely a good thing if you caught our last episode episode number 27 it was with Anthony Tremino. Uh, he's running for California governor. Uh, solid guy, CEO, grew up in Southeast L.A. Um, good story. Bottom line, good story. So even if you don't agree with maybe his politics, uh, his story is a great story. And, you know, the, the Street Gospel podcast is the story of coming up. That's what we're about. So uh, be sure to check that out. But today, man, been working on this guy for a minute, bro. I mean, finally got him locked in, and uh, I think he has some good stuff, man. So, uh, you know, I got to play a little jams, and I always put on a song that I think will relate to the guy. So, I, you know, we did a little stuff back in the day. So, I was in the band. He was in a band. And we would play a couple shows together. Different type bands, but showed a lot of love to each other. We had good times, definitely uh, uh, rocked a lot of shows. Um, I respected him and his brother, uh, great group, Living Stone. We'll talk a little bit about that. So I, I got to put the reggae vibes on. But uh, this guy right here, he is a native of Riverside. If you know where Riverside's at, that's in the Inland Empire, SoCal. Um, got his good and bad side. We'll talk about the bad side in a minute. Uh, he's a father. I mean... He is a brother in the Lord, uh, us all around good dude. But he's a doctor. I mean, a doctor. I mean, when you think about that, it's, it's no joke. And it's not like a a doctor of chiropractic. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not a foot doctor. This, this, this guy's a, a doctor. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, without further ado, I want to welcome to the Street Gospel Podcast, Doctor Mario. Rocha. What's up, man? Glad to be here. Glad to finally make it out. You made it, man. Yeah, man. It's been a while. Finally got you here, bro. Yeah, man. It's good to see you, man. You too. It's been a minute. I think it's been, it's got to be at least like six, seven years since I've seen you, like yeah. face to face, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be about that time. That's the crazy thing about, uh, about social media man social media will uh you know you you, you right. won't say anybody face right. to face but you still kind of in their life and know what's right. going on exactly. i mean 
obviously when when we first met uh we met at a church and uh i mean you're probably going to school back then right yeah i was probably going to school i mean it's been it's been a crazy journey but yeah i've been on and off going to school pretty much most of my adult life you know that's a trip bro because yeah. i mean school school is kind of uh I've been going off and on for a long time, man. Right. I mean, I, I'm gonna, you know, get my my, my degree, and uh, but it took longer than I than I anticipated. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, did you like school? Yeah, I liked school. Really? Yeah. See that that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hate school, man. <laughs> I, I wish I got it, but when it, when it started getting to the to the English and, and the math and, and and the chemistry, I was just kind of like. Yo, this is way above, you know. Right, I think I'm a smart right. guy in a lot of areas. I I did really good in in uh in history and stuff uh -huh. like that. But when it came to stuff like math, I was just like, yo, just let me just get my, you know, my little degree right here and I'm going to I'm going to bounce. I don't I don't I don't need to get my bachelor's. I don't need to get my doctorate. Let's just yeah, let, yeah. let me get out. But, I hear you. I hear you. Well, that's why I'm a psychology major cuz I can avoid all the all the Difficult other stuff that you don't need, right? And all that stuff, man. <laughs> My buddy told me that the other day. He said, uh, "I said, bro, how how did you get past all the all the stuff, bro? Like, like he was like, look, man, I go to my counselor's office. I told her, look, I don't need this math for what I'm. I think right. he's a socialist, uh, not socialist. <laughs> he, he, what what is it again? Social worker. Yeah, he's yeah, a social yeah. worker, socialist. Right. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, and then uh, he he was telling me because yeah, I would just go over there and tell them." Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need that. And they would just kind of like, we, we would figure a way that how he can right, pass. Right. right? Exactly. <clears throat> but yeah. you grew up in, in the Riv, I yep. mean, Riverside. Yep. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very familiar about Riverside, mm -hmm. uh, frequent that for a minute. Uh -huh. And, uh, it has, it's really, really nice sides. Yeah. Right. Sure. I mean, for I mean, sure. you, you go to the. Orange crest, wood right. crest sides, yeah. right? Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful homes. Yep. I remember my daughter had some friends up there, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, yo, what the heck? Yeah. I didn't even know these big old ranch-style <laughs> homes and stuff are up here. Exactly. But then I would frequent more by, like, uh, Johnny's Burgers and stuff yeah, down yeah. there. Yeah. And, 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 and in those areas, it, it's, a little, it's a little different, right? Right. I yep. mean, you grew up in... I grew up in Casablanca. Yeah, that's where my family's from. A little little neighborhood right there, Johnny's Burgers. That's that's our spot. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I grew up. You know, a lot of gang violence, a lot of you know the story, drugs, you know, prison, all that stuff. I saw I saw a picture. I don't know if it was you or your brother that posted it the other day, but you, you look like a little thug, man, in those old pictures right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but were you? Uh, were you headed that way? Were you, were you in the lifestyle? What was, or is this a family thing? Um, you know, it's a family thing for right. sure. Um, my grandfather was a heroin dealer. Mm. So when he came up, you know, and when all that prison gang stuff started <clears throat> and he spent a lot of his life in prison and, you know, again, we, that's what I grew up around. Wow. So, yeah, it's definitely a family thing. It's definitely something that, you know, it was a path I was starting to head down for sure. Right. Um, but a lot of little things started happening that kind of stirred me in different directions. But, yeah, I mean, definitely 
Um, it was crazy times. I mean, it was the 90s back then. You know how that was. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. <clears throat> so what what steered you away from that lifestyle? Because when, if anybody's seen that picture, you know, white T-shirt wearing, got the hat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look the, ni- the 90s, you know, inner city homeboy looking yeah. kid. But what were some of the things that, that, that deterred you a little bit from, from going that route? Yeah, I mean, there was a few different things. One is I had my parents. My parents were, were solid and they went to church. Um, and my mom especially, she was like, uh, she was really strict, right? So a lot of times I'd be more afraid of my mom, what she's going to do, than what was happening in the streets, right? right? So that was always in the back of my mind, the right and wrong kind of thing, right? Where some of my cousins, the people I grew up with, they didn't have that. They didn't have that structure. They didn't have that teaching to say, hey, don't do this, don't do that kind of thing, right? Did you you realize like your household was different than everybody else's or you just thought everybody else was was the way you were? Because I've talked to some guys and they're like, I thought everybody had like a mom and dad and we had dinner and they talked to us. Yeah, and then yeah. he goes, then you come to realize it's, it's grandma raising uh-huh. the kids or it's, he's living with his Thea or the dad's not even yeah, around. Yeah. Did you think that at that time? No, I mean, I, I knew I had like the double side. Like I had my family structure, but all of my family, my uncles in and out of prison, right. grandpa in and out of prison. And we are always at my grand, grandma's house, which is right in the heart of CB. Yeah. So, you know, I saw all of that. I saw I saw how not having the family structure and how it affected my my friends, my cousins, stuff like that. Right. So it's kind of like I was in both worlds at the same time. That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. So so how did you figure out that school was the ticket? It took a while. It took a minute, <laughs> right? It took a minute. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that started happening in my life, like, you know, just little stuff. I remember uh, one of the first things that I remember happening um, <clears throat> was I was about 12. I was in seventh grade. And uh, um, let me let me try to recall the story, but... I was in seventh grade, and in the neighborhood during Cinco de Mayo, there's a little fiesta that they have at the park and all that stuff. So I was there hanging out, and my cousin's best friend, um, they're they're super tight, right? He was there, and we were hanging out the whole day, right? We're just chilling. My cousin had a new girlfriend, so he was off with her. So it was just me and him the whole day. We're chilling, hanging out. You know, and it started getting dark. It started, you know, nighttime started coming. And my mom swooped up and she was like, hey, we got to go. And I was like, no, I want to stay. We're hanging out. She was like, nope, we're leaving. Right. So I ended up having to go. He stayed. And then the next morning, my mom comes into my room and she tells me, hey, um, his name is Henry, Henry Torres. Um, He died last night. Oh, man. He got shot and killed. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was uh, 14 years old. Wow. Yeah, he was in ninth grade. And some other people from a different neighborhood showed up, and something happened. They pulled out a gun, and uh, he ended up 
dying, you know, and I was with him the whole day. Wow. And if it wasn't for my mom, I would have been there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> so stuff like that started happening a lot. And it just started making me look at life a little bit differently, right? Yeah. And uh, the other thing that happened was I was a teenage father, and I had my first daughter when I was 15. Oh, man. Yeah, so I was I was a young kid, ninth grade, had this huge responsibility. So just slowly but surely, I just started, like, choosing to stay in, Right. And then I got, my parents were like, hey, we'll help you out, but you got to stay in school. That's the only way we're going to help you out. Right. So that was my motivation. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, I got to stay in school or else, you know, I'm going to have to get a job and figure stuff out on my own. Right. Right. <clears throat> so um, they allowed me to play sports. So that was a big thing. Um, and it was crazy stuff that would happen, man. Like I was playing football, right? And uh, it was after school, bell rung, and, and at that time, we had a bunch of people from our neighborhood at my school. My cousins, I mean, there was a gang of us, right? <clears throat> and uh, there was a little rival neighborhood that would come to our school, Hillside, right? <laughs> and, and, and we were always getting into it with those guys, right? So anyways, it's after school, the bell rings. And they're like, hey, we're going to go out back, you know, all, all my cousins, people from the neighborhood. And I'm like, man, I got to go to football practice, you know. So they're like, all right, cool. I go to football practice. <clears throat> Come to find out there's a huge rumble, huge rumble. Oh, man. Every, I kid you not, about 20, 25 people from my neighborhood got kicked out of school. Wow. Yeah. And my cousin included, two of my cousins got kicked out of school for that. Fight, and I was at football practice, right? So just stuff just kept missing me the whole time. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and it just really started planting seeds in my mind. Like, is this the path I want to go down? Right. Was it, was your parents talking to you and saying, "Hey, oh yeah," you for know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Because you you sound like the typical guy that's born in the neighborhood, right? Right. Guys that are born in the neighborhood typically you don't have to get jumped in or anything you're just right. you, you like kind of inherited in right, right, <laughs> the right. neighborhood right yep, yep. i mean was there was there any point i mean you would think like maybe your parents go let's move let's move out of the neighborhood yeah well <clears throat> i actually live like right outside the neighborhood so i right. could walk there right. i could walk there but i was far enough away where like certain stuff would go down and I wouldn't hear about it till the next day or something it, like that. Let me ask you this. This is funny, right? Because yeah. when you when you say you live outside the neighborhood, we're, we're probably talking blocks, right? Yeah, blocks. Blocks, right? right. What's crazy about that is you get a couple blocks out of your neighborhood and you're you're almost in a different world. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You, 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 my, my parents used to say that all the time. They used to say, you know, we never went outside of our neighbor our neighborhood. It was right. always right here. Right. And when they would go and venture out, mm -hmm. go down to the beach or something like that, it was like a like a like a whole new world. Right. 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 It's a trip how when you're just raised in your small little neighborhood. I mean it it goes back generations, mm -hmm. you know, but if you don't go out anywhere outside that that's all you know. Right. That is all you know. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. <clears throat> so yeah, that was a big difference just being blocked so out. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, again, that, that was one thing that saved me, too, because I wasn't 
in the street every day, right? right. <clears throat> was your father on you guys? I, I, it looked like your mom was chasing you in the in, yeah, in, the, in yeah. the park. But was your father on you guys? Yeah, he was pretty strict too. Um, he was a national guard, right. full time kind of military guy. So um, he was gone a lot, but when he was home, yeah, pretty strict, you know. Um, and you know, they they talked to us a lot about the neighborhood. Like, hey, you know, all it takes is just one one time. One time and you're gone. Right. Right. Whether it's prison, whether it's death. And again, you know, the 90s at that time, it was just popping. It was awful. Yeah. You you just, you know, walking down the street and you could get shot. You know what I mean? Exactly. So um, that's something that they planted in my head. Like all it takes is one time and you're gone. And you need to think about what you're doing and who you're hanging out with and all that stuff. So, again, all that stuff was in the back of my head. But in the front of my head, I wanted to be out there, right? <laughs> I wanted to be like those guys, you know? Did, did you have the conscience always, you know, the, the, the angel and the devil? So the neighborhood yeah. and, and, and your mom's voice, your dad's voice, yep. God's voice be like, hey, man, yep. you know, maybe that you shouldn't do that. Yeah, all the time, all the time. And, again, that was... That was something that I saw a difference between people like my friends and me. Like, I would always think about it. Like, hey, you know what? We should think about this. And they're like, just going for it, right? You you were the smart guy in the neighborhood. Hey, we probably probably shouldn't do that. You know, that's not the best strategy here. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was always a thing growing up. And again, I always felt like I didn't belong to yeah, because I had this good side, but then I also had this other side, and I never really fit in completely in right. any, any area, you know. So it's kind of isolating, and sometimes too, I kind of felt like alone because there was nobody like me right. around, you know. So that was another thing. How, how did how did you get into into music? Did music come early for you? Because uh, I, I mentioned that in the intro a little bit. Right, right. I, I know you were. Uh, I mean, your band was great. I I, I loved I loved playing with you guys. Yeah, I loved yeah. hearing you guys, and 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 you were the lead singer. I mean, you seem like a, <laughs> if you talk to you off off the stage, right? You're you're just like you're a mild mannered guy, right, right. chill. I always tease you about Rasta vibes, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, uh, but on stage, I mean, you had a great presence. I mean, you you guys brought it. I mean, yeah, it, thanks. Where did that come? Where did that come from? And where where did the music start? You know what? Um. I didn't start playing music until later. Okay. Um, I was like maybe 18. Yeah. Um, 18, 19. But the music influence, actually, I had an uncle who, who lived up in um, like Bakersfield area. But he was like an um, evangelist. And he, was, he would he'd play like Christian oldies and stuff. Yeah. So he would just tour around, and he would come down and do little concerts and play and stuff like that. It's funny because it's always the uncle that influences you, right? right Especially right. when it comes to music. Yeah, exactly. uh, my, my uncle Dan used to, he, he lived with us for a while, and I, I used to laugh because Rapper's Delight, my first introduction to rap, which I, I love, uh, was because my uncle Dan brought home the oh. tape, Rapper's Delight. And I memorized that yeah. thing front and back, but it seemed like it's always the uncle that influences yeah. uh it could be some bad stuff too, but right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, music yeah, wise, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so that was our that was our uh, introduction to music. Me and my brother, who uh, started the band with me, 
<clears throat> so, um, you know, it was always something that was intriguing and, and we liked. So my brother started learning guitar <clears throat> and that kind of uh, kept him out of trouble and kept him busy. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn the drums. And then we just started putting two and two together. And, and I always liked reggae. And my brother was into reggae, so I was like, one day I was just like, hey, let's start a reggae band. And he was like, cool. And we just went for it. <laughs> That's yeah. dope, man. Yeah, I mean, reggae in the neighborhood, I mean, it's not the most popular, no, right? No, no, it, Yeah, especially it, back then. I mean, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think they get it. Maybe yeah. now. But I don't, right. think, I don't think early, in, I mean, it was just, you know, oldies and... Right. You know, and and maybe some early rap back in those yeah. days, but uh, reggae. I mean, it just it it has a whole other vibe, right? Right, it's just different. It's different, and I think you know it fit my personality well, and yeah, you know, I just vibe to it. <laughs> and um, yeah, when I first started growing my dreads, like people are like, "What the heck are you doing, man?" The only guy in Casablanca with dreads, right? Right, right. They they thought I was just tripping, you know. But, you know, it's something that, you know, I felt like I was a calling, you know, so I was committed to it. And, um, yeah, I mean, we did some good stuff. Yeah, know, it was, it was it, yeah, it was dope, man. I used to love playing with you guys, man. Yeah. And then when you guys stopped playing, you know, I would text you randomly, hey, you guys still playing? I got I got a show over here. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, man, we're, we're missing a bass player or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's always the bass player, right? So <laughs> I'm yeah. always like, missing a bass player, but definitely was good shows. Um. To me, it sounds like you were busy, you know, and 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 idleness is is probably the worst thing growing up in a in a in a bad neighborhood, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I would say I would say two things basically. You know, you had parents that really cared, talked to you. It doesn't always work out. Sometimes those there's guys that have great parents and right. and and they still end up in 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 prison. Yeah, that's uh, true. And, and a messed up lifestyle. But it sounds like you were constantly like parents plus being busy with something, sports, right. music, something. Right. How, how important is that for, for young guys in the neighborhood? It's huge. It's huge. <clears throat> like you said, you know, idle time is not good because what are you going to do, right? You don't have money, right? <clears throat> you know, everybody around you is getting in trouble, right? So what are you going to do, Right. Again, you don't have money to to pay for stuff like sports. You don't have money to do, you know, things that other kids are doing. So you have to go out there and try to survive. You know, a lot of a lot of my friends were surviving. Their parents are in prison, right? So what are they going to do? You know, just do what everybody else is doing. Right. Do drugs, drink, party, get in trouble, try wow. to make money, you know, the wrong way. So, yeah, idle time, you know, just just you gravitate to it because there's nothing else going on. Right. I, I think uh, it's important to, to find something you love. Like, it's kind of cool that you found music. You, you like sports. You, you found uh, uh, education. Right. And your education kind of is what propelled you when, when I, you know over the years when i fought when i follow you then yeah. it was like graduation you know and you know and then you got your your doctorate and I, i'm looking at this and i'm like this fool got his doctorate like what yeah. what, what was this you know like mm -hmm. not that you couldn't do it right, or, right, or, right. but i was like 
I, I think we're about the same age. And I was like, this guy did it. Like, whatever it took, he got it done. I mean, how hard is it really to pull yourself up and, and, and get that? It's rough, man. It's rough. I mean, I think, <clears throat> you know, I took a break, right? So after high school, I got my AA, um, took a break for many years and went back in my late 20s. And then um, from there, you know, I went I went straight into a master's program. So I was about 30 at that time. Um, and then uh, from there, I took, I think, a year off and then went straight into a doctorate program. And it took me um, a little over five years to complete that. So, you know, it was rough because I had to work. I had to support kids and stuff like that. So... Um, really, that's why, that's why we didn't do a lot of shows. That's why I didn't have a life, man. It was just work and study, study right? Like I would, I wouldn't sleep. Wow. It was crazy. So the thing was, I had a vision, you know, I had a vision and a purpose as to why I wanted to do it. Again, supporting my family was one, um, and giving back was another one, you know? Right. So I had, a, I had a vision, like if I can do it, then what is that going to mean for everybody else? Right. right. Especially where, where I came from, right. That was really important. I wanted to, I wanted to show them, right. That right. If I could do it, you could do it kind of thing. And that's what really kind of pushed me through the whole, that whole time. And it was a pretty stressful time. There was a lot of personal stuff going on that wasn't good. Um, there was a lot of, again, just studying 24-7, man. It was, it was a lot. And again, with the doctorate, you got to do research. So you got to do your own research. And that just takes oh, a lot of time. Man, dude. Yes, that's the that's the biggest thing. I, I, I like what you said, though. Um, a lot of people don't think about giving back. Right. You know, they think about the first part, which is totally fine. You know, I'm going to support my family, of course. You you need to have a career. You need to have something to support your your, your children um but the giving back part um i've had some great guests on here and, and that's that's a that's a different way of thinking you know what yeah. i mean i i mean i'm not saying that anybody that doesn't do that is selfish but i think it's a, a, a an added great characteristic that you were already like hey man i, w- I want to show people that they, they can do it too i want i want to make a difference in my community uh my friend mike he, he did the same thing you know he went back to Fontana, it's not the greatest area, you yeah. know, and teaching mm-hmm. at his old high school. And he's like, I, I just wanted to show kids I was from this neighborhood yeah. and that they can do it too right. and encourage them and see them off into college. And it, maybe not even a university, just a, ju- a JUCO or, or, yeah. or, or be a welder or something, you know, exactly. whatever, some, yeah. something that make them happy and that they can make it. I think that's a, a, a great characteristic that, that you're sharing there. And you went on to... I saw you started a project because because now you work for the the county, right? Well, Is that what you're working? No, I used to work for the county. Were, okay, yeah, I work for the university now. Oh, nice, um, Riverside. Yeah, and then you started uh, your own project, right? Outside of that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of things going on, but <laughs> yeah, I have my own private practice. I see clients. So, so you're not being idle? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. It's it's a consistent theme. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is your doctorate in? It's in, my doctorate is in psychology. Okay. Um, in marriage and family therapy. Nice. So my specialty is like family systemic trauma, like 
trauma. Right. <clears throat> um, but, you know, I, I work with a lot of couples now, um, individual mental health counseling. Um, but, yeah, the project is a nonprofit organization that, that gives back to the community and gives to the youth of the neighborhood. Nice. And, and, and you, I saw you had, like, a, one of your posts you, you put up. Uh, I seen some, some boys. You're speaking to some young men. Right. Are, the, are these guys from young guys from the neighborhood? Yeah, they all grew up there. Nice. Um, and, you know, um, the goal is, is kind of we teach them the arts. Right, teach them skills and for as far as like you know, film acting, awesome. um, music, and you know we're pretty we're pretty new, but the goal is to eventually teach them these skills so that they can create their own stuff. So right, and then you know they're gonna have real life job experience, and we want to connect them to either internships, college, jobs, nice. or whatever. Right, <clears throat> starting their own business. Right, just to get them to be creative and to show them that they can use these skills to enhance their life. That's dope. I, I, I think the biggest thing for um, kids in the neighborhood is to see somebody that made it right. right? And and then, and then a little help, just a little push to say, okay, because maybe they don't have anybody at home. That's going to give them that little push. Right. Maybe they don't have no examples in their whole family, but to see a guy like, I, I assume they probably try to run game on you a little bit or get over on you here and there. And you're like, <laughs> I come from where you come from. You're not right, getting right, over right. on me, man. This is how we're going to do it. Right, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That happens sometimes, you know, and again, but you know, <clears throat> you know, kids, if you show them respect, they'll respect you. And, you know, again, um, the whole purpose of it is to, to equip them. So, right. you know, a lot of them are, are, are open to it. And, you know, again, we're pretty new, so we're still trying to sell it to the kids. What, what's it called? Project 57. In Project the 57. Empire. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, I, I think that's a that's a great thing, man. Um, yeah. Like I said, young young men in particular need that. Right. I mean, our, our, our young men are just, uh, they don't have many examples. Right. And when the and when they get older, what I found is that a lot of the, the young guys is they make an excuse. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have that in my life. Right. You know, I, I, I don't know how to, how to be a, a good husband or I don't know how to be a, a man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to be consistent or disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that a lot with young guys where it's just like, I, I don't know. And a lot of them might just be like, can you show me? Yeah. Well, I mean, in my experience, you know, a lot of times they don't even know to ask for it, mm. right? They, they're they just living life the way they think life should be lived, right? And and so the exampleship a lot of times is, is big, right? <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I said we gotta, we're trying to sell the program now because a lot of kids are like, this is way too out of my box, like acting, film, like what is this about, right? <clears throat> so I, I know for me, when I was that age, I wouldn't have went for a program like that. <laughs> I'd have been like, you're crazy. I'm not going to do that, right? Right. <clears throat> so we're trying to sell it to the kids. Like, yeah. hey, 
do something different, right? Right. <clears throat> but it's the exampleship because a lot of times I find that they don't even know what to ask. Yeah. They're just living life. And, and you know, I, I wanted to give you a shout out too, man, because, you know, like you said, we've been watching each other on social media and right. all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, you're a great example of what a father should be, a husband should be. I know, man. Thank you. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> just, you know, that example is big and kids need to see that right right so yeah i just wanted to give you a shout out man because it's 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 a learning process right right i i, I tell everybody like i wasn't always this great husband <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah it, i hear you it, it's it's seasons right i wasn't i wasn't always a great father i'm sure cam got a lot of bad things to say about me out there <laughs> <laughs> but it is a learning process you know and i think a lot of people young guys in particular uh fail at it and then give up right you know what i mean like i you know i was talking to a guy one time and he was telling me about his daughter and you know she's like 15 years old and he was like yeah i don't know what to do with her man she just she she you know she lives with her mother and i just can't connect and it's just you know it's difficult she's she's in that teenage phase Damn. and i and i just i just stopped him and i said look man you need to continually pursue your daughter no matter what right even if she blows you off because yeah. one day she's going to come back around and right. she's going to remember that you constantly pursued her and was trying to help her and loved her and she's going to realize that right but if you stop now the rest of her life all she's going to know is that my dad gave up on me right exactly right and i, I just think that I tell people all the time it's it's a learning curve it's 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 a season you you have your kids you have kids right uh you you have them when they're little and they they just so needy mm -hmm. and then they get a little bit older and they don't need you that much right and then they're teenagers and they they act like they really don't need you mm -hmm. but they really do and then they're adults and then you you, you ha it's a whole nother level right and and same with marriage it's it's mm -hmm. it's uh you're young in love and then it's it's you go through some trials, you have some kids, and then now I always tell people we're in another season. My kids are, are adults, right. and I find me and my wife are together alone more often. And I, and I told her the other day, I was like, I think I'm thankful that we we like each other. Right. <laughs> it's just me and you now, right? <laughs> That's big. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty insane, man. But mm -hmm. what a great project you have, man. Thanks, um, man. And then what great help that you're that you're helping people in uh, in the in the mental aspect. And I, and I want to talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to my mom the other day about having you on. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, that's good. We, we, we need to talk about those things. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I said, how come mental health wasn't a big thing? You know, when, when you were coming up mom or when you were younger, I, I know her, her mother, she suspected her, her real mother, uh, probably suffered from some of that yeah she's she's seen some of that in her own family and um and, and we've had friends and fam and and family that have suffered from different things like that and we've seen it she, and and she she had somebody living with her a, a sister from the church and her son was was diagnosed bipolar had a schizophrenia and all this stuff and she's like wow i really seen the the toll it takes not only on the person but the family yeah and sure. and and she was like we didn't realize it back then. Right. Has it always existed to this extent? 
and we just kind of blew over it or you know is it bigger now than ever do you get what i'm saying like yeah 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 was it always there and yeah. we just never identified it i guess is the right, right thing right, right? we kind of shut it down like right. either the person's crazy right or you know keep your problems to yourself right and now is it is it just as was it just as big then as it is now yeah i mean i don't i don't have any research on it but i would say yeah for sure i mean the field of psychology has been around for a while right and, and people again you know way back in freud's days you know they're going to seek help and stuff like that and, right. and even before then right you know there was suffering right and, and really that's what mental health is you know it's suffering it's it's you know going through the difficulties and challenges and in um not having the coping skills to go through it and again there's also a biological component to it right <clears throat> so um you know some people there's just biologically you know something is not clicking or they're not getting um a certain amount of hormones that they need right right and, and, you know, that happens. And a lot of times we have this stigma about it, but we got to remember the brain is an organ just like every other organ in our body, right? So if, if I'm having trouble with my body producing insulin, right, I'm going to go to the doctor right. and get that fixed, right? And if there's something wrong with the chemistry of my brain, all of a sudden that's kind of taboo or that's in that's something bad but it's it's just like every other organ in your body can malfunction just like everything else so there's professionals out there that specialize in that area and it's important to to go there but i think you're right i mean growing up i know nothing about therapy yeah yeah it's it, it's wild because even with uh my friends that are that you know, went to Afghanistan or were in Iraq. And, and, and I think about them and some of them have PTSD, right? Um, right. And so they, they, they identify it. And, and I was thinking like, well, my, my uncle Sonny was in Vietnam or my father-in-law was in Vietnam yeah. or, yeah. you know, this guy was in World War II. Mm-hmm. And they never really identified the things right. these guys go through. Right. And, 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 the, and the, the PTSD, right? right. And either they covered it up yep. or buried it in, in, in anger or even in, in my uncle's life for a long time in, in drugs, yep. you know, exactly. and uh, or even in the World War Two days. I mean, alcohol big time. Right. Just to kind of drown it out a little right, bit. Right. And now it's like identified. And we're saying like, yeah, I need I need this therapy. How prevalent even in people with any sort of trauma. Is, is the PTSD in a lot of people's life known and unknown? It's it's there. I think we all have trauma to a certain extent, right? Whether it's PTSD diagnosable, that's another thing, right? Because you have to meet certain criteria to, to get that diagnosis. But we all have trauma, right? <clears throat> and again, you're talking about the people who went to war and stuff like that. But again, growing up in our neighborhood, what was that like? Right. I mean, I tell this story that, um, you know, I was given this assignment one time in early in my graduate school to remember your first memory ever. Right. And I had a hard time with it at first. But then as I started reflecting, this memory started coming back to me. Right. <clears throat> and it was like, I don't remember. I was really young. I was in front of my grandma's house. 
And in front of me was my brother, one of my cousins, they're in diapers, right? So we're really, really young. And uh, <clears throat> there's this guy running down the street and he jumps into our neighbor's yard and there's a car that pulls up. There's like a field and then another street car pulls up and they just start shooting at each other. Yeah. And we're right in the front yard when this is happening in front of us, right? And it's like playing back to me in a movie reel. So I was like, is this real? Am I making this up? So I asked my mom about it, my family. They're like, yeah, that really happened. We are all out in front. That's wild. We had to jump down the ground, and that stuff happened all the time. <clears throat> so talking about trauma, if you're in a hood, you're being traumatized right. 100%. My, f- my friend tells me these these, these wild stories. Yeah. I mean, just, just blasting on people, people blasting yeah. them, yeah. homeboys dying in his arms, you know, being with a homeboy, like, like, like you said, for – all day, and then you find out he got shot later on in the night, and you know, guys going to prison for life, and and he tells me all these stories, and I'm like, man, bro, like this is like, and it's not to, to uh, to, to say that guys that go to war, you know, it, it but is anything less, but guys in the neighborhood a lot of time that have to deal with that gang banging stuff, especially in the '90s and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost just as bad, right? Yeah, yeah, and I would say it's it's just as bad, right? And the thing about that is you grow up with it. So it's there during your early developmental years, right? So it affects how you develop. It affects how your brain is wired, right? So our brain can get wired to be addicted to that adrenaline rush. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> and so, again, all that affects our mental health, Right, it affects how we behave. It affects how we see the world. Right, when we're traumatized, we see the world through the lens of trauma. So we're always on guard. We're always trying to figure out, like you know, dangerous things, even in situations where it's not dangerous. Right, wow. I'm, I'm wired to see the world that way, <clears throat> and so you know, again, if if we're not having an outlet. Whether it's, you know, some people, you know, religion, God, that, that helps them work through it, um, <clears throat> therapy. Um, if you don't have that, then you're just trying to figure it out on your own, and, and that's tough. My, my sister, kind of like you, she she has her master's. She, she sees people, and, and they come to her for therapy sessions and everything. And when I, when I first started this show you know we we talk about a lot of things you know we've had people on here that were, were were uh drug addicts you know that 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 seen a lot of things that overcame but they seen a lot of things and and for a second i thought i was feeling uh i had some people that had, had uh gave me like some some bad vibes about the show you know it seemed like maybe i was exploiting people's stories and stuff so I, I i started tripping on that right like you know like i started thinking like am i am, am i getting people on the show that because i want to hear their sad story and you know and uh exploit that story i, I was feeling like that and so i called my sister and i said hey w- what do you think about this and she yeah. goes you're not exploiting them right. she goes the reason why we have a lot of problems in society is because there's nowhere where you can drive up like at a strip mall and they say, come on in, tell us your story. Exactly. Right? And exactly. she's like, people need to, those outlets. But right. we, in society, we don't have those things. Right, right. She goes, and your show provides that. It not only provides a person coming in, but it provides 
the people that are out there listening to right. identify with that person. Maybe it's something small or maybe it's like their whole life. Like, yeah, that's me. Right. But how true is that, man? Like we, we don't have those outlets in society. Yeah, it's, it's 100% true. And I think, you know, again, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of psychology behind that, but you know, um, why social media is such a big thing. People are out there putting themselves out there, telling their stories, right? So to speak, <clears throat> but stories are healing. You know, we need to tell our stories, right? And yeah. the thing about stories is a lot of times we're defined by our story, right? It defines us and we're stuck in it, mm-hmm. right? And and the thing about what you're doing here is, you know, and what I like to talk to clients about is the story's not over. Wow, right? You're yeah. still writing the story today. True. So... The, the, the bad stuff of the past can actually work together to create a beautiful story in the end. That's good. <clears throat> but a lot of times we don't realize that we st- we're still writing today, right? We're yeah. stuck. <clears throat> so, and again, that's what therapy is about, to help you see that in yourself, where, where you get stuck and how you can get out of that, right? <clears throat> so... Again, that's what's great about your podcast is that people can see, well, if they can do it, I could do it. I can rewrite my story, too. Right. And that's the power of the story. Why do people get anchored in their past, man? What do you, what do you think it is? I, I, I mean, I'm not saying I don't have a lot of trauma. I don't have, you know, uh, I, I listen to people's stories and I'm like, oh, Lord, th- you know, I'm blessed. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not going to complain anymore about right. nothing because... I've had a pretty darn good life compared to everything that they went through. But what is it that keeps people anchored? I mean, I've had a lot of overcoming. This this podcast is a story of coming up, of, of overcoming. Right. But I know a lot of friends, a lot of people that is just, it's so hard for them to break, to break right. free from that. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of factors to it. You know, I think <clears throat> one is they're not healed, right? They're not healed from that past. So, again, what happens, and again, this is only in, in this is not true for in every case, but this is just a piece of it. But, you know, what happens is we create patterns, right? And so we internalize all these negative belief systems and negative ways of looking at things, you know, like, you know, just a simple thing, like, you know, I'll never get out of the neighborhood. That mindset keeps us stuck Mm. that belief system keeps us stuck and then we create behaviors to try to cope with that drugs sex alcohol you know violence you know stuff like that right to to numb us from from our reality but that doesn't help us get out of it we're still stuck in it Right. right. Are, are you just you're, you're just covering it up? Right. You're not exactly. really. You're, I always say like you're, are you like burying it alive. Exactly. Right. Yep. It's still alive. It's still alive. It's still in there. That's a. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> hey man, just, just give me credit for that. But uh, but I I've seen that where where people get a issue a problem and we all do it right. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only yep. one. You know, yep. I'm not saying that I don't have that. But you get an issue, you get a problem, you cover it up. And then it's still alive. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. eventually what happens? Yeah. It unburies itself, right? right? It comes back. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I'm guilty of it, right? And so, you know, we're human beings, 
and, and this is learning the process right that's the process of therapy is learning about ourselves and a lot of times if we don't if we don't learn from it then we're going to keep running into the same things right. and you know the emotions and obstacles and patterns in our life will keep repeating if we don't learn and you know again that's true for me even recently last year you know i had a tough year personally but you know i had to i had to dig down deep and say what's going on what is my stuff here that i need to start changing and working through even now right, right. so it's a, it's always an ongoing process and none of us are perfect and there's always going to be things to work on. Um, but again, <clears throat> you know, the reason why we get stuck is because we don't see it, right? We're, we're blocked. And that's why therapy is important because the therapist is an outside outside pers- uh, person with a different perspective. And they can see these patterns developing and say, hey, look, these are these are the pieces that keep repeating. Take a look at that, right? Yeah. <clears throat> that, that, that's I, I like that because... Uh, do you think that sometimes we go to the wrong people for oh, yeah. for 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 advice and, yeah. and stuff because um, you know we go to our Thea or you know and we think oh she's my Thea she's so good and 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 they give you the wrong advice. I, right. I had a friend that came to me and he 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 battled with a lot of things, man. It was a lot of trauma and and, and I think even more than he realized. And I would tell him for years. I said. You know, he would he would go to to people in the church. He would go to friends. He would he would feel good for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, bro, everything that you've been through, I'm gonna be honest. You you need professional help. Yeah. You, you, you like you don't need to go to this guy no more. This he has all the greatest intentions, but he's he does he doesn't know how to deal. What right. is the difference between going to a great friend? Uh, uh, you know, great family member, which which could be very supportive, right, right, right. And then, and then, but there's only their only their capacity is only so much, right? Mm-hmm. What is the difference when you go to somebody like yourself and really get therapy and really talk it out? What what does all that education do for a guy that goes to you? <clears throat> you know, the difference is, you know, again, you dig down deep. You dig down deep and you start uncovering things that, again, we don't we don't realize how much it affected us, right? And how it's affecting our patterns and how we do things, how we see the world today, how we operate in relationships, right? <clears throat> so um, real good therapy is going to have you take a really deep look at you, right? And really start to reflect on the stuff you're covering up, like you said, the stuff you're burying alive. I'm going to steal that one. <clears throat> and, you know, it's going to gonna help you see that that stuff's still alive, man. You know, again, because we bury it and we can't see it. We think we're good. Right. But it's affecting how you operate every day. Right. So, again, <clears throat> you know, your aunt is going to have good advice, but she's not going to be able to see digging deep like that. There's some layers there, right? right? There's layers there. And therapy, again, is that process. You know, we're trained to learn how to work through that and deal with that. So, um, you know, that's the difference. And for me, you know, I don't don't discount advice, right? Take advice, but always remember it's just advice, right? Right. 
<clears throat> don't take it personally. See how it sits with you, right? And, and a lot of times, you know, someone will give me advice, and it's good advice, but it's good advice for them. True. It's not good advice for me. True. And we got to know how to process that and say, okay. And, and I don't take that personally, right? If somebody gives me bad advice, even if it's a bad advice, right? I'll be like, okay, I'll hear you out. But again, that's not for me. And I'm just going to go about it a different way, right? Right. <clears throat> is, is the processing thing in your mind the biggest thing? And I say that because uh, a couple of years ago, my wife dealt with, with some things, uh, some depression and uh, some OCD stuff that she, that, that it was funny because we, oh, she didn't say it was funny, but we would, we would kind of joke about it, you know, that she was OCD or she would make lists or everything was had to be a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and things started bothering her more and more. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about it is she, she, she went to her doctor and she's, I just, I just can't take it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, I need some meds. I've been researching. Can we, can you give me these? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that's a good doctor. He's like, I'm not going to. I love that guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I go, uh, I told her, I go, I love him. She still has it, that doctor, but he goes, I'm going to set you up for therapy. I want you to go talk to this guy. And after we'll see, she, he goes, I'll put in the prescription, but you don't need it. Right. I want you first to go talk to this therapist. She went one time, bro, one time. And, and I was a little, and, and, and it, 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 people probably think, well, one time, come on. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what, I was encouraging it because I was a little nervous. Like, yeah. I was praying for her. Mm-hmm. I was encouraging her. And, 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 you know, a couple of days turned into a week. A week turned into, you know, two, three weeks. Then you start getting into a month and you're like, whoa. And the, the, the little uh, snap out of it, that's not working. You right. know what I mean? Uh, the little that, you know, don't worry about it. God's got you when it's just, you know, she starts crying and different right. things. But when she went to this therapist, she got it. He explained how her mind works. Right. Yeah. And it clicked. And she she came. She came. And within a few days, she goes, I realized what was going on in my mind, what was happening. And once it was identified then I was able to deal with it. She's like, it doesn't mean that I still don't get those feelings. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just helped me to recognize, okay, this is what's going on and this is what I need to do. Right. And she got it. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and is that true in a lot of experiences? I'm not yeah. saying just one time, but is it just identifying it and then saying, Hey, this is what you, you need to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And again, Excuse me. Yeah, she was um, she was in a good space. Right. And she was in a place where she can get it and it clicked right away. Again, um, it's the same process for people who have really severe trauma. It just takes longer. Right. Because there's a lot of different layers to it. Right. And again, that's what I work with a lot. So I'm used to going deep into those layers with people. But yeah, I mean, it can happen in one session. Right. It can happen in, in three, four sessions. Right. It depends where the person's at and what they're wanting to work on. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's the same process. Right. You, you have to identify it. You have to see it. Because like you said, I mean, like, I'm going to keep using it. You're, you bury it alive. You can't see it. 
right? right? And it's like, what's going on with me? I don't know because you can't see it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and once you're able to see it and notice it and then have the ability to work through it, then it's like, oh, cool, I got this. Right. Right. I, I, think, I think that's for for everything, right? Every, mm-hmm. every issue we have, you right. got to kind of just kind of decipher it a little bit right, where right, is this right. coming from exactly. how do i need to deal with it where it is you know what's funny about this is you know you you know the word and when i took a class right mm-hmm. and it was i love this class it was, a, it was a critical thinking class oh yeah, yeah. right and i and i loved it because it was just how are you think about what you're thinking about to right. sum up critical thinking right, right? Mm-hmm. think about what you're thinking about mm-hmm. and it was so cool because in the word, you know, what does it say? You know, think about what's true. Think about what's good, you know? Right. And and kind of, I was like laughing because critical thinking is kind of, is like that. I'm like, yeah, the Bible tells us right here, right. like, th- this is how we need to think. This is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Critical thinking, great. It's a great philosophy. I mean, it's, it's a great study. It's great research. But it came kind of from the Bible. And once I saw like those two together, I was like, yo, this is, this is great. And I, and I've used that, you know, yeah. and I've taken the, the, the critical thinking and I've taken the word and I said, okay, so when I get those feelings or the anxiety, I have to calm down a little bit and think about what I'm thinking about. You know, is this, is this good? Is this true? Is this for real? Is, you know, and a lot of times people do not do that, right? right. They, they, they don't take the time to think about what you're thinking about because thoughts just come in our mind right Right. we have no control over that right yeah yeah i think that's that's 100 percent accurate right and again it it goes even deeper than our thoughts a lot of times but you know i don't know how much time we left we have to to we're good but uh you know there's nothing new under the sun right the the things that you know, the Bible talks about if you really dig down deep into it, it's it's a blueprint of how to work through stuff. It's just, you know, a lot of times psychology, the, the more I study psychology, the more it's like there's nothing new under the sun. Right. It's just broken down in different ways. Yeah. It's broken down in, in things. <laughs> so that we can understand it. Stuff's, stuff's named or identified right. better. Right, yeah. right. And again, this stuff has been contemplated for centuries. Right. It's ancient. We're human beings, right? We've been through the same stuff for for generations. <clears throat> so if you look back on, on philosophers and philosophy and all the ancient writings, you know, it's all there. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> so... Um, you know, our thoughts are, are they come from a lot of different places, right? <clears throat> and, you know, for me, how I do, there's different schools of therapy, right? There's different ways of how to look at it. And again, it all leads to the same point. Right. <clears throat> but for me, it's all about the relationship, right? You have a relationship to, to, to your past. You have a relationship to yourself. You have a relationship to things, right? Drugs, alcohol, um, you know, you name it, right? Work, whatever. Right. And and that relationship is all patterned from our early childhood. Mm. It's ingrained in us, right? And and again, we don't 
like you said, I'm, I'm gonna, again, I'm gonna keep using it. It's buried alive. Yeah. We don't see it. Right. <clears throat> and so the process of how I do therapy is that understanding the relationship that we have with ourself and with the world and how that came to be from our past and learning how to unbury all that stuff and set it free. Right. Cause I, I, I think, we breeze over it, right? And we in the layers of each thing. You know, my friend's been telling me about the about going to this therapist, and he was he's he he's been there a few times, and he's like, "Oh, this week, man, he was touching on this," and I never really got deep on that, but I realized that jacked me up. And then this week, he was getting me. He was talking to me about this, right. and I realized, like, yo. That was messing me up too. Yeah. He goes, and then so we started talking, and I was like, "He's probably gonna unbury this part of your life too." And he goes, "He is, huh?" And I was like, "He's cracking up, right?" And it's just like, you know, all these things. And but each week that he's called me and talked to me about it, it or it's it's been better, and he's been different in a good way. Like that's why, that's why, or that's why I act like this. Right. And and it, it's so. Uh, refreshing and, and i just laughed and i told me i told you man you could have got this a long time ago if you would have listened to yeah, me but yeah. i'm thankful he did it but on the other spectrum i know people that are in their 60s yeah and never got help for all the trauma all the things they've done all the things that got done to them right and yeah. is there any point in your life where you you know, you just say it's life's over. Uh, it is what it is. And, you know, if, if I, if, if I live another 20 years to my eighties, then, oh, well, I'll just deal with it. I mean, it's not really a, a thing where like older people say, yeah, I should get this, but how important should they, should they do it just for peace of mind in the last, you know, quarter of their life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it goes back to how do you want to write that story for yourself, right? right? <clears throat> I see clients that are in their 70s, 60s, right? So, I, that's that's so good, man. Yeah, so, you know, it's really up to you. And, and again, taking the power back and saying, you know what, I have the ability to let this go and to work through it. And it's difficult, like, you know, again, even now I have difficulties with certain things, right? I struggle with stuff and, and so I need it too, right? <clears throat> so again, it just depends on on how you want your story to play out. Right. Right. You can you can define your story like that, like, you know, I'm too old, I'm done, I'm just gonna ride this out. If that's what you want, that's what you're gonna get, right? And if you if not, then you have the power to change that. That's wild, man. I I, I would rather you know. Um, my wife always tells me that the 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 first you know uh, ten years of marriage was 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 a little was a little rough. <laughs> I, I hate to admit that, yeah, right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm I'm like, yeah. are you serious? You know? And and then she goes, but you've constantly improved. And she's like, yeah, the last half of our marriage has been just great. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I, I think people give up early, right? Yeah, if I plan on sure. staying with my wife for the for the rest of our lives, right? We we've been together since we were seventeen, and so yeah. we've been together thirty years. Thirty years. We'll have to edit that part. <laughs> I don't want to seem that old, but we we've been together thirty years, and we we think like I think a lot of people think like, well, you know, I I can't change, you know, just l- let let it be, and oh well, yeah. you know, yeah. and and I was like, man. I, if I'm going to be with her the, my whole life, then I should change and try to make our life good. That even if we were together, you know, 25 years and, and I never changed, I'm if I'm planning on being with her another 25 years, I might as well change and make it a good last 25 years. Yeah, man. <clears throat> that's awesome. And, you know, I mean, that's what it takes, right? That's what it takes to make it good. And, you know, you're right. I think we do tend to tend to give up too soon um you know i mean you know i had a failed marriage i got a divorce right and and, you know at the time you know it's before all this psychology and getting to this place where i am today so there was a lot of mistakes right but you know i think you know for me you know it's a double-edged sword because i tend to not give up even when I should sometimes <laughs> so you know that's something that I'm still working on but you know it was a it was a situation where nobody was uh, not I won't say nobody but a certain person wasn't ready to change and didn't want to change and there was nothing I could do to 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 do that right right so again <clears throat> you know it's about choice and you have a choice and, um, you know, I've seen, you know, just in the past year, man, I've seen marriages on the brink, on the brink, like we're ready to be done today, right? So much stuff going on. And I've just learned so much about relationships. And again, going back to what's underneath all that and what's buried alive and how it's affecting them. And <clears throat> just, just, Man, I kid you not, man. Kid, marriages on the brink that are thriving right now. Right. They're thriving. <clears throat> and, you know, it's all about that choice. Do you want to make it work? Is Does the other person want to make it work? If you're both committed, then it's going to work. If, if one or the other is stuck and they're not wanting to, that's tough. Are, are you of the belief that an individual or even a couple if they really want to put in the work, is there anything that's unrepairable? No, I don't believe. <clears throat> um, hold on, let me get my thoughts together. There's nothing unrepairable. Mm. Nothing. I think that I think that's big, bro. Yeah, I, I think that's big because a lot of people think that there 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 there's too much. There's yeah. too many. You know, I had my friend Sylvia come in here and she was telling me of just, I mean, the story was just too much. My friend Richard comes in here. The story's too much. Yeah, yeah. And both of them are thriving. And I'm like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, like you think like some things are, would be unrepairable. Right. (laughs) And, you know, it's not, man. I mean, you know, I think what we're created with power Right, we're created with, you know. I'm gonna give a shout out to to my bu- my boy here. Nice. Right, you know, I'm a creator. Right. right, 
I'm not a victim. I'm not a complainer. It's a mindset, right? We yeah. create. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I worked with somebody years back, man, <clears throat> diagnosed schizophrenia, right? Homeless, living on the street, all wow. kinds of stuff, right? Um, hearing voices, right? When I first met them, they were just, you know, in psychosis, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so... Working with this person, you know, getting them on the right meds, they ended up cleaning themselves up. They got a job. They're living in a sober living home. When I when I left them, because <clears throat> I moved on to a different job. Um, so, I mean, if he can do it, you right. know, there, there's nothing. There's help. If you if you want it, you can, you can you can do right. it. But it, it not easy. Not easy. You gotta you gotta work for it, you know. And you gotta have the right help. Again, you have to have professionals in your corner, right? Yeah. And make <clears throat> and make the right choice, right? Make you know, the right I, choice. I like what you said a minute ago of of really deciding what you want to do. My wife has a, a saying, and it it, it it messes me up sometimes because she goes, you know what. I don't care what I'm going to do. Today, I choose joy. I choose joy today. And I get all like, don't say that. Because then I get all like, you're right. You know, like, okay, she goes, how are you going to wake up today? Are you, are you going to wake up and choose joy no matter what? Or are you going to not choose joy? And I'm like, oh, man. Like, oh, I don't want to choose joy. I want to choose anger. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. but I love that because it, it, it is, it's up here, mm -hmm. right? I, I choose joy. I'm gonna have a good day, and and no matter it doesn't mean that nothing's gonna come your way. I think right, right. I think we think like a good day is when nothing happens, and and right. it, and, it, and it could be right? right. But I think a good day is also when everything happens, and you manage it well up here. Right. I agree. I agree. And you know, that's the big thing about therapy too. It's it hit it right on the head. We're not gonna avoid. Again, you know, we, in life, there's trouble, right. right? You know, we go through divorces, we go through breakups, there's trauma, there's, um, you know, you name it, right? <clears throat> and we can't avoid it. It's about knowing that we have the ability to work through it. Right. Knowing that we have the ability to overcome, right? <clears throat> and, you know, again... I still struggle with that stuff, even even as a doctor, right? Sometimes I'm talking to a client and I'm like, man, I need to listen to my own advice here, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so, you know, again, I'm, I'm not immune, right? Right. Well, we, we all go through it. This is a human experience, but we all can work through it if we choose it. Right. Is it for men? And, and is it a machismo thing that we don't want to get help? Sometimes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that has a big role to play in it. Again, we're taught we have to suck it up and just be a man, you know. I, I get in that mindset even now sometimes right. about certain things, right? There's a balance there, though, There's right? There's a balance there, right? Because, you know, you do, you do want to push through things, right? You do want to yeah. have the ability to work through hard stuff. But like you said, we have to, we can't bury it. We can't bury stuff because it's going to repeat. Gonna right. keep, it's going to be under there, again, dictating how we operate. We're going to be in anger. So we're going to be in works. depression, right? <clears throat> and we're not going to know because we're just not seeing it. We're choosing to stuff it down, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so 
having the ability to say, you know what, let me let me lower my pride and, and get some help and talk to somebody and work through this. <clears throat> That's going to help you again become a better man, in my opinion. Right. Lastly, man, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit. You you're you're in the church. Family was in the church. I'm in the church. My family's in the church. Uh, within the church walls, and this is not a knock against the church. I just think they're not, they don't understand. They're not fully educated. But in the church walls, a lot of times when there's a mental issue, um, it, it they always point at a spiritual thing. And and, and, and sometimes it is a spiritual thing. I, I, I to- totally believe that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes uh, it's a, it, it could be a, a, a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. It could be the trauma. It could be even an injury, right? Right. But within the church, it's always a spiritual thing, or or he, you know, to be honest, he has a demon, or this this woman is 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 bound by the devil, or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. And 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 I know it's I know people mean well, and I mean that in in, in a in a way of you know they they just want to see people delivered and let's pray and 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 we need that also, of course, mm-hmm. but. A lot of times, it, it is a little bit more more deeper than that, right? It, it is other things other than a, a, a spiritual thing. It, it can be just a, a chemical imbalance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, I think, you know, in my opinion, you know, I think sometimes, you know, um, it's important to to be able to acknowledge that, you know, <clears throat> there's been things in the church that, that haven't been okay and how they dealt with stuff. Right. Right. And again, you know, we got to keep it real, right. In order to grow. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, so I, I 100% agree with that. And, and we got to get educated. And like I said earlier, right. If, if your if your heart is not working right, you're going to go to the doctor. Right. Right. You're not going to go to the foot doctor. You're going to go to the heart specialist. Exactly. So um, mental health is is just as important. Right. Go to somebody who knows what they're doing, knows what they're talking about. And again, you know, I will say a caveat that there is some not great therapists out there. There is some doctors that won't do what your wife's doctor did, which, hey, go get therapy. They'll just say, hey, here's your meds you know next right yeah so you want to be cautious of that and you want to pick your therapist wisely right um but at the same time yeah i agree um we need to be more open to to mental health to therapy to professional help i think it's really important and what would be your advice let's say anybody out there listening to the show today and they're battling things in their mind. They, 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 their past constantly comes up. Uh, maybe it's a, a drug issue that keeps just beating them up. Maybe it's PTSD, just trauma. What is a good first step for somebody out there that just like, man, I just, this constant stuff in my mind. There's just things that just jack me up every time. What is a good first step for a person like that? I think the first step is just realizing there's help out there and that you can make a change, right? And so uh, practically, 
you know, um, most, just about every insurance covers therapy now, even Medi-Cal, right? Um, Medi-Cal, IEHP. <clears throat> so you can call your insurance and get a list of therapists that accept your insurance. You could just Google therapists in your, in your area and accepting whatever insurance you have and the list will come up. Right. So it's available. <clears throat> Go out there and seek it and get it. Right. And yeah. so, um, yeah, that's my advice right now. Yeah. I think if we encouraged it more, right. I, I think we would, a lot of people would benefit from that. You know, when I told my wife, like, just go, mm-hmm. just, we don't got nothing to lose. Just right, get it. Right. And, I, and it's been so, uh, uh, relieving. It's been so good. It's just been a, a great help. You know, she's like, maybe you should go. And I was like, oh man, here we go. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we're going to get you in therapy. Here, oh, soon, bro. here we go. <laughs> Start pulling back the layers. What are you, what are you burying Dave? Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I think it's a great thing, man. Um, I love your story, man. I love that you overcame the neighborhood, your project 57. Uh, I, I wish you the best for that, man. I, I think yeah. that'll be a, a great thing. And, uh, appreciate you coming in, man. I appreciate um, being here. It's cool, man. Yeah. I just, uh, I just thought it was a great thing to to talk a little bit about mental health, to talk about therapy, and, and encourage people to get help. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's uh like you said about the the homeless guy, man. I mean, it was uh, it must have been. I mean, it's it's dramatically life changing, exactly. especially for that guy. But even yeah. for like my wife that went one time, mm-hmm. it was a it was a drastic change. I mean, it was something that was just like made a huge difference in our life and. Uh, if anything, I, I would encourage people out there to get therapy, get help. Uh, you, you can't always depend on Thea Guancha and, 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 and even the pastor. You know, I, right. I think all good intentions. We need prayer. We need God. Um, but I like my, my, uh, my sister's uh, pastor. You know, she, she, she she's, has her master's and all that and does the therapy sessions with people. And, but her pastor would, will counsel people. And then say, I think you need to go to uh, Sister Diana and and awesome. and, and book yeah. you know book a session with her because this is a this is above my pay grade, right. you know. And and it's true. It's right. not just because we're we're believers doesn't mean that we're experts at a certain thing, right? right? I'm a believer. That doesn't mean I could I can do plumbing in my house, right? right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got to steer those people to to good therapists that have the best intentions for these people yeah. maybe they're not are just the drug pushers but trying to find some 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 layers of where they can help out right yeah, i agree 100 percent. so that's awesome yeah sweet man well you know me and camo we got we got one thing before you split man and, right. and and this is this is kind of the uh we like to call it the furious five bro all right and we cool. we ask a few questions mm-hmm. and uh quick quick answers I mean, uh, I'd to write everybody down in my little book here. So, for Dr. Uh, Dr. Mario Rocha, question number one on the Furious Five. Mm-hmm. There's one night, and you can play with any reggae band. Play, be the lead singer, whatever you want to do. What band would it be? Current band or past band? Any band. All time. 
have to be Bob Marley and the Whalers, man. What, what you gonna be up there like doing? What? What, 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 what are you gonna be doing? Just, I just probably be. I don't know, man. Either I, be on the drums, backing up Bob. I don't know. Something. Or something. That. I think you have like that. Uh, what, what is that thing? And then you just. Go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. in the, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, as long yeah. as you're on stage with yeah. Bob. If I'm hitting the cowbell, I'll yeah. be happy, man. <laughs> More cowbell. Yeah, that's dope, man. I mean, he's the best, right? The best, greatest of all best. time, man. And his kids are great too. That's yeah. what's crazy about mm-hmm. it, right? All right, man. For anybody visiting, passing through Riverside, best place to eat in Riverside. Oh man, shoot. You got me on that one. Johnny's Burgers. You can't go wrong with Johnny's Burgers. Johnny's Burgers are legit. If you're yeah. in Riverside, right off the 91, Johnny's Burgers. You can't go wrong. Pastrami, cheeseburger special. Yeah, it's all so good right now. Yeah. I might have to drive over there. <laughs> all right, man. Johnny's Burgers. Question number three on the Street Gospel Podcast, Furious 5. Your biggest influence in your life ever, all time. Man, that's a good one. Uh, I'd say my dad, man. My dad. Really? Influence. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, he was a military guy. He came from the neighborhood, too. You know, he was a young gang, bang- gang banger and just changed his life around. And, you know, he set, a, he set a pattern for me. He set a path for my family. So, yeah, my dad for sure. Dope, dope. Uh, question number four, Furious Five. Any goal for the next year? Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish a book. I'm gonna put it out there. Dope. So to keep me accountable, uh, I'm gonna write a book and finish it. That'll be dope, man. Uh, definitely, we'll get you back on again. We'll for promote sure. the book. What about that? Definitely. Last question, number five. What would it take for you to cut off your dreads? A woman, cash. Some other talent, a superpower. <laughs> Would you cut your dreads for any reason? You know what, man? My dreads are the superpower. Oh so snap! That's a good answer, bro. I can't. I can't do it. You know, I, I've. It's been since two thousand one, and I had a lot of contemplation. Should I? Should I not? And I can't do it, man. Can't do it. Can't dreads do is it. the superpower, like uh, yeah. Samson. Samson. Yep. Hey, man, we appreciate you coming out, brother. Yeah, I appreciate Definitely it. was uh, a good show, man. Uh, Dr. Mario Rocha, man. Search him out on Instagram. Uh, his Project 57. If you're in the area, in the Empire, send, send some young men over there, man. Get involved. Um, appreciate you coming out, yeah, bro. I appreciate you having me. It's been fun. Awesome, man. That'll conclude this episode of the Street Gospel Podcast with Dr. Mario Rocha. Uh, be sure to send it to your friends, man. Maybe somebody's out there battling some uh, some trauma, some different things going on in their life. And uh, definitely a, a good listen, man. We appreciate you out there. We out.